and the art around it feels a little lacking to me. Like, if this is a Danish, it's definitely a cheese Danish. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 390 with a review of The Danish Girl. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are finishing up our double feature, super awesome date night that Stephen and I had. Uh, we previously reviewed the film Carol. Um, that is in the feeds, in case you haven't checked it out yet. And now we are talking about The Danish Girl, which, uh, of the two films, is the one that I was the most excited to see. Um, yeah. I was less likely to see it, but I still was interested. Mostly just because you wanted to be there for moral support to help me, help me watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, how, how are you doing tonight, Stephen? All doing, 26 and a half minutes later than it was before. Doing good. Uh, preparing, actually. So after watching this movie, I decided I got to go there and experience this myself. <laughs> so <laughs> in about... 12 hours, a little under 12 hours, but I'm flying to Copenhagen, so I'm going to Denmark. Okay, that, that's different than where I thought this story maybe, was going. Maybe learn a few things about myself there, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, so a little stressed, packing and drinking and whatnot, but I still had to record this episode. You, you're, you're packing and it makes you stressed, you drink, but the drinking makes it harder to pack, which just makes you more stressed. Exactly. So. It's, really, it's a it's vicious a cycle. <laughs> you know what might make you feel better? Painting some trees overlooking the fjord or whatever the hell is pronounced. No, I want to do something meaningful, something Parisians would like. Like not <laughs> not just a naked woman. It has to be a naked woman with somewhat masculine features. <laughs> that's the magic switch that's going to make them go all over it. Well, Stephen, I, I told you I'd never do it again, but... Uh... For me, you'll make an exception. Yeah, since you're so stressed, I will put on a dress and let you paint me. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, I do have that image in my head now. <clears throat> so yes, the Danish girl. Um, you ready to uh, jump into this episode, Stephen? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So uh, why don't we take a listen to the trailer for the Danish girl and then come back and give everybody a review. The first time we met, she propositioned me. She seemed so sure. I was sure. It was so shy and mysterious. Is there something you'd like to tell me? There's something you'd like to know. I'm your wife. I know everything. <laughs> Could you help me with something? You will not tell anyone about this. <laughs> We're going to call you Lily. <laughs> I want to sketch you. Lily. We should go out tonight. Give them something different. Lily. You're exquisite. You're different from most girls. I feel I'd need to ask your permission before I kissed you. 
exactly what happened last night. There was a moment when I wasn't me. There was a moment when I was just... Lily. But Lily doesn't exist. We were playing a game. Something changed. He's lost his way. He needs a friend. Let me help. I think Lily's thoughts. Her dream, her dreams. She was always there. I need my husband. I need to hold my husband. Are you alright? The fact is, I believe that I'm a woman. And I believe it too. Surgery has never been attempted before. You're my own life. It could kill you. It's my only hope. This is not my body. I have to let him go. I love you because you're the only person who made sense of me. Who made me possible. All right, so that was the trailer for The Danish Girl. Um, it is the uh, true life story of a pair of artists, and uh, one of them uh, realized that uh, they feel more comfortable as a woman than as a man. And it's sort of the story of um, Einard or Lily's uh, transformation and what she's going through and the toll it takes on uh, their relationships and their careers. Is that a good way to sum it up, Stephen? Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. So, uh, would you like to start us off and let us know what you think of this film? Sure. So, I should preface this (laughs) by saying, because it's going to be too hard to keep track of the pronouns or whatever, like, I'm going to refer to this character, Eddie Redmayne is a he. (laughs) I'm going to recall him and Einar and what he's doing, blah, 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 and... I don't mean anything political at all, whatever. In the context of the movie, it is a guy becoming a woman. So that's how I'm going to describe him. I I noticed the IMDb summary only refers to Lily everywhere. Yeah. And that feels like, as a narrative construct, I don't think that works for the movie. (laughs) Um, Anyway, not important. Well, we we are introduced to the character as Einard and is the story of, like, that's the progression they take. Right. And and you and I also refer to the actor name all the time when we're talking about a movie. Yeah, yeah. And saying she with Eddie Redmayne would just not, it would complicate things for me a little too much, I think. Especially because I think some of our thoughts bounce between uh, Alicia Vikander's character and Eddie Redmayne's character. So it's... I mean, most of the time I stick to the actors' names if I know them because I'm really bad with names in general. The only mm-hmm. reason I even remember Einard and Gerdy uh, is that the Gerda. <laughs> Gerda. <laughs> See, I don't even remember <laughs> Gerda, which reminded me of Gerdy. That's why I guess said Gerdy. But like, it's the name. The names are so foreign. I will say <laughs> they they're not they're not usual names for. An American such as myself. <laughs> so that's the only reason why. I, but I couldn't tell you another character's name in the entire film. Besides, yeah. Henrik. Henrik. Is that, is that the one? <laughs> is that the one played by? It's Ben Wishaw. Okay. No. Anyways, would you like to start us off, Stephen? Yeah. So I do think this was 
like if we compare this to Carol, which we just reviewed, Carol was a movie that was all ambiance and the plot kind of took a backseat. This movie, in my mind, is all plot in the sense that it tells a very big, interesting story. And the art around it feels a little lacking to me. Like, if this is a Danish, it's definitely a cheese Danish. Because <laughs> it's very, very Tom Hooper sappy, basically. Yeah. Um, and I don't even mean that as a bad thing. I think there is a place for these kind of movies. Um, so, okay, first, the good about this movie, because I... Overall, I think this was still a, a fairly good movie. And if I'm heavily criticizing it, it's only because that is what I'm more interested in <laughs> with respect to the movie. Yeah. Um, so basically, you're going to have Carol complaints. You're going to have my Carol complaints about this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the leads in this movie, uh, Eddie Redmayne and Elisa Vikander, are wonderful. I mean, they're they're great actors. I think Eddie Redmayne... Again, he's proving that he's such a technically gifted actor. Like He's so good at making you believe an extremely transformative physical thing. And he really makes you buy it and makes you take it seriously. And I think like maybe for this character, that's part of who he is. Like he is a like somewhat effeminate male actor. He's not like he's not Dwayne the Rock Johnson or something. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, you completely buy him. And Alicia Vikander is just great in the movie. I, every time her character is on screen, it's just like very powerful, kind of forceful character who you deeply empathize with. Yeah. So well acted. The story itself, I'm I'm really glad there is a movie like this, even if like the dumbasses who were in the theater with us who were like snickering through the first 20 minutes of the movie, like I'm glad that they watched this movie because I think like this tells a story that is hard not to care about by the end. Yeah. And like that's pretty awesome when the premise of the movie should just have you be laughing at Eddie Redmayne in a wig, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and it winds up being so much more than that. My problem with it is I I get this feeling that the director does not trust the audience to figure anything out on their own. Um, and what I mean by that is he wants to make this very saintly portrayal of Einar slash Lily, like this here is the character, this is their moment of discovery, this is the binary, who they were and who they are now. And just like many, many, many very grand dramatic moments of people breaking down and confronting each other over how hard it is. Like Eddie Redmayne looking in a mirror or looking in a window and watching someone or looking in a mirror again and trying on a dress or feeling the dress on his skin like... You know, he just cranks it to 11 the way he tries to emote what the character of Einar slash Lily is going through. And by contrast, I feel like the character of Gerda, Alicia Vikander, is only really as this, like, not quite three-dimensional 
savior figure, like the perfect, long-suffering, supportive, to the very end human being. Yeah. Not a real character who, for plenty of maybe selfish but completely reasonable reasons, should be having a lot of trouble with what is happening here. Um, And I think in terms of story for these two characters... Her feelings are what I was most curious to find out in this movie. Like, how would they be painted? And I feel like they really shortcut that in favor of her being just the perfect long-suffering wife who occasionally has, like, moments of weakness. Yeah. Um, So that, I thought, was a really kind of a shame for the film. Uh, And one effect of that, by the way, is her portrayal even though i think she like is acting wonderfully here her portrayal is just constantly like either she's sad or she's upbeat and like rambunctious and like just this kind of very bubbly manic pixie dream girl type character like there there's an on and an off and there's nothing in between yeah um and I f- that's how I feel about the character of Einar or Lily too is like this is a super complicated thing that is happening to a person who supposedly has known their whole life to a degree what was going on but the movie really makes it be <laughs> almost to the degree of like Smeagol versus Gollum or something of like these are two separate characters that we're showing you Einar is the one you met at the beginning and Lily is the one you meet later and they refer to each other in the third person, and they never intersect. And one is Gerda's wife, and the other is, I mean, husband. <laughs> the other is not Gerda's husband. And Einar must become Lily, and if a certain physical thing doesn't happen, then it's all for nothing. And that, like, again, anyone who has lived this knows much more than me. To me, that did not feel completely true. That felt too simplified in a kind of dumbed down, like, let me convince you to empathize with this character way. Not a, like, let's really examine what life would be like in this situation. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I I like the movie, but I did feel like a lot of things were pushed to one extreme or the other and most of the kind of complicated middle got left out and that that was a shame to see um yeah so uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna do what i did last episode and start off by talking about the trailers and what the trailers uh sold to me for this film um this was like I've been aware of the existence of the Danish girl, the film for a while because Carson mentioned to us a long time ago. I think when there was the first like I, I don't want to call it concept art, but it was like the first photo of Eddie Redmayne dressed as a woman um, came out. Like he sent it to us, and I I knew nothing about what the story was. And um, one day I was like sitting alone in my apartment, just like trolling the iTunes trailer pages I'm like oh the trailers for up is up for this and I watched the trailer and I teared up at it and I sent it to Steven was like dude I just finally saw the trailer for this I totally teared up at it like I, I've, I've been really excited for this film because it looked it looked it looked incredible it looked really really interesting um and for the most part it, it's it's decent like I, I think I think the 
my complaints about it are just that it didn't focus on the aspects of their relationship that I really, really wanted to see. Like, like in a way, like the things that you're complaining about are the things I wanted to see, but the way they handled it was in sh- in a shorthand manner. Or like, as you said, like Alicia Vikander's character is sort of just the very understanding wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she has her moments where she cries because the situation is hard for her. But they're, I don't know, the... What I really wanted to see is a story of two people who, regardless of the transformations that either of them are going through, still love each other and want to, they want each other to be happy. And, um, you know, there, there's the moment in the trailer where they're, they're talking to, um, a, I won't say who they're talking, they're talking to a person and, uh, you know, the Einar says, I believe that I'm a woman. And, you know, uh, Gerda says, and I believe it too. You know, like the, it, it, like that, like it's a really powerful thing to watch these two characters. Where it's like, that's not what she wants. Like Gerda has been married to Einar for a long time. They've been together. They're a very, um, they're very like the, the, their lives revolve around the same career. They, seem to have a great relationship and now that's sort of been taken from her and that's like the idea that like even though that hurts her incredibly she is still supportive of um Einar's transformation into Lily that like I don't know there there's this really powerful story there that I really wanted to delve into both the the positive supporting sides and the hurt and anguish side of mm-hmm. what that's doing to each other and also the fact that like Einar's characters are really prominent uh artist right like he's he's well known and um the what he's going through is theoretically a big deal um i mean i sorry i don't mean to diminish it theoretically i I, I mean i mean uh career-wise it would be yes potentially bad like i um I was listening to the QA podcast with the writer of the story and I guess in real life there was somebody who outed them and like they had to talk to newspapers or something like she didn't go into the full details of of um, exactly what all happened. But basically at some point in time they had to deal with the public ramifications as opposed to just the private ramifications of um, what was going on between them and uh, it's it's interesting because like there there's also the other dynamic part of the story where so Alicia Vikander is trying to break out and become uh, an, uh, a well-known artist on her own. Like she's she's good. She's she's very talented, but her art isn't necessarily being accepted publicly the way that everybody else is. And when Einar begins the transformation into Lily, uh, Lily becomes sort of a muse for Gerda in a way that like really is starting to get her sort of on the map like the this mm-hmm. film opens with somebody commenting to her to gerda saying like don't you wish you could paint like your husband like <laughs> like it, from the from the from the start it's like oh she'll never like get out from underneath the shadow of just being his his wife and like so there's this now mix of like her making a name from herself through painting this person who she's known for so long as one thing and now is 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 manifesting as something else like there's i don't know there were just there's so much really interesting compelling um narrative here that is sort of um scooped together in a very linear progression to tell one aspect of the story that is 
I kind of feel ultimately less, um, in, like, I don't know, it, it feels like they're skirting around some of it in order to, to sort of make a, I don't know, I, don't, I, it, right, I, I can't I put my finger on it. The the way I feel, it, it feels like the screenwriter decided that the very idea of Einar becoming Lily is so shocking and confusing to us that this needs to be the main focus of the movie. <laughs> it's just like the idea of that happening and not really like, well, let's take for granted what are all the ramifications of that. Like it, it never really got to that second part. Yeah, and, and and it sort of, it teases it too, but like it, it teases it in strange ways that don't have like complete ramifications for any of the characters. Like, so, you know, this is this is happening at a time where like, if they were to seek health, the only response from anybody they tried to get help from would be that like, oh well, Einar must be just just crazy, right? Like Einar, yeah. he, he like he must just have something wrong with them, and rather than sort of deal with that emotionally or narratively, they just sort of put in a few scenes where like, you know, basically like, oh, I got to get out of here quick because they think I'm crazy. Well, yeah, and that's weird because I, what I was going to say is this does not have that brick in the window moment of Bridge of Spies that convinces you that things have gotten very bad and Lily needs support or else like terrible things from the outside world will happen yeah. like the thing that that moment in the trailer kind of makes you believe will happen <laughs> where like lily needs support and the support will come from the wife and isn't that like an extremely powerful moment um but it's funny because the the actual details of the story could have had that like those moments with the doctors and what what would have happened had Lily not escape are really powerful, but narratively they're just treated as kind of like a throw off, if not comic relief, then at least like a mild secondary moment. It isn't treated as like a powerful thing. It, it definitely, there is at least one moment where it definitely borders on the comical. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, I mean, it, 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 Part of it could be just like the hat and uh, umbrella in the hand, like being held just feels like that old, like silent movie type sort of like, whoa, better get out of here. You know, like, mm -hmm. th th like visually there's something comedic about the situation that is obviously not comedic at all, but it's just an interesting that like they've, you know, the filmmaking team as a whole felt that they should mention that, but it doesn't really spend a lot of time delving into the real true ramifications of that. It just sort of, like keeps it in there because it, it it's trying to comment on the fact that like people at this time were not accepting of this and thought that like oh well the only ex explanation is you know some sort of sickness or schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel I feel like the the way they treat Elisa Vikander's character it's kind of an epidemic in these quote very important movies like. I think Felicity Jones's character in The Theory of Everything or Kira Knightley in The Imitation Game are kind of the same way where like they are probably very complicated characters who should have some darkness thrown at them. And instead, because the thing the male lead is going through is the like important part of the story, everyone around them must either be 
100% supportive and helpful or else like terrible. <laughs> like there's no middle ground for any of these characters. Yeah. And th this kind of follows the beats of the theory of everything, I think, not only because Eddie Redmayne is in it, but even like the long suffering wife character. Um, there's another character that shows up played in a surprising supporting turn by Vladimir Putin. Um <laughs> That basically fulfills the same role that a character in Theory of Everything did, where it's like, they're kind of a good character, and kind of a not great character, and maybe they're a respite. <laughs> maybe kind the, of have the hots for the, the yeah, suffering they are, dude's wife. They become a respite for the long-suffering wife. Yeah. But... Their existence is like the only shorthand the movies have for what is going on. The movies don't actually show what feelings must have led to that. So anyway, it's just kind of strange. Like there's a little bit too much of a halo around the characters in the movie, I think. And it's it's weird too because like when when I think about that, when I think about the the, the halo factor that you're bringing up, and I think about my complaints about like not really delving into the the surrounding people thinking that it's like a, some sort of psychosis like i it, it's such it's a weird thing that like everyone who knows about Eddie Redmayne's characters like what he's going through is 100% supportive but the anybody who gets told who doesn't know the character personally is immediately like a evil doctor who wants to do whatever right so it, it's right, and, and the reason why it feels like that ju uh, juxtaposition doesn't need to be there is because the Eddie Redmayne lives a life where he doesn't have to encounter anybody else, right? <laughs> like mm -hmm. this isn't like a this like uh, it's he he sort of lives in seclusion already, like he he. He doesn't like going into like public events and stuff like that. He's sort of just a guy who paints from afar, and then people really enjoy his paintings of the same four trees. Um, so it's it's weird that they have to make society so rejecting of um, what he's going through, yet society doesn't really know what he's going through, and there's never a point where society is really made privy to it and instead it's a it's a personal thing that the couple and the few people who are sort of brought in on it um because like even even uh even alicia vikander's um her her ballet friend right like mm -hmm. there was never a moment where she thought anything was weird right like she no she's just like oh cute she was like, oh, this is super awesome. Cool. Like, I'm excited. Not only was she like, this is awesome. She was like, I'm excited and I am like pushing this forward. You know what I mean? Like she, she was never, she was never weirded out by it. She never thought anything was strange about it. She didn't even make a joke about it. Like she was, she was so for it that like that. She just wanted a new sassy friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it just, it's, 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 it's weird narratively that there, it, it, sounds bad but like there's no stakes for the character like uh, right and there are but they're not what the movie is about yeah i guess yeah um so here's what i feel like the movie was missing and again it's based on a true story so maybe the true story was just missing this and maybe the true story was binary and everyone was either 
wonderfully supportive or terrible. Um, for me to have believed this movie a little more, I would have wanted to see at least one or two characters who are in between, like who are initially thinking this is crazy or this is bad or we can fix this and then maybe slowly coming around to it but not sure where not sure how they feel about it like i feel like that would be more true to life like that must be what actual people go through in this process it's like everyone everyone is learning it it isn't like boom a light switch goes off and now everyone either supports you or is the enemy yeah um and this movie just couldn't couldn't give that and i i don't know if it's because it it isn't nuanced enough to give us a character who is saying a few wrong things without being a quote bad person but that's kind of what it feels like like not having enough faith to jumble the good and the bad together and let us just identify with the character rather than picking a side so I, I would have liked to see that. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. And, and I think it might also be a, it might be a film that's pulling its punches in a bit because it doesn't want to come off as, as the, the preachy film or like, I was actually surprised that the, the IMDB page description actually like calls this out as a transgender story as opposed to just like saying like i don't know beating around the bush i guess i don't i mm. I, I feel that like it, it the film wants to be pleasing to general audiences without like really being preachy but also in doing so it doesn't um it doesn't delve deep enough into the emotions of the characters um because yeah, like maybe it, it doesn't want to off put people i don't i don't know i think it's trying to win a battle but it's picking one of the easier battles to win, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's trying to persuade you that if you subscribe to the idea that this is two separate people and the one is gone and the new is here, don't you empathize now? Without trying to push a little bit more of, isn't this complicated and messy, but don't you still believe no matter what, this character has the right to be whoever they want to be? I feel like that would have been a more challenging movie to watch. Yeah. I think but still. Oh, anyway. I, I was just going to say, I, I kind of feel, and I, I was trying, I was like listening to you and trying to think at the same time. And I, I guess I kind of feel that the hardship is mostly shown through Alicia Vikander's character and less through Eddie Redmayne, Eddie Redmayne's character. Mm -hmm. Like Eddie Redmayne is sort of like, like you, you called it out earlier. He, he, his character is more binary. Mm -hmm. Like now I'm this, now I'm this and sort of deal with a wife. Yeah. And there's, there aren't a lot of times where you see Eddie Redmayne himself being upset about what he's going through. Um, right. And, and I think that's maybe the end of the coin that I was missing from the film. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know whether the film could have been better if it did that, or if it would have dipped into the, 
the more preachy side of things. I, I don't, we can never know. Yeah, I, I would kind of compare that again to his Stephen Hawking last year, where that character is the one who has the bigger, quote, hardship and the bigger transformation. But their relation to other people is not that understanding. Like, there are moments in this movie where Lily or Einar really seem to actually not comprehend or care what is happening to Elisa Vikander's character. Yeah. Like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to call it like a delusion in the moment, but there is a kind of false sense of happiness there for a bit when they're first becoming Lily. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's curious. And all that would be fine again if it didn't pull the punches. Like if it let that be a complicated thing that gets resolved or gets called out, that would be great. But instead, I feel like we we are meant to root 100% for this character and the supporting cast are meant to be cheerleaders for the character and we aren't allowed to challenge that even if the goal is good, some of the ways it transpired were not good or were hurtful and kind of look at the hurt a little bit more. Yeah. Well, should we move on into our verdicts then for this film? Yeah. All right, Stephen, if you were going to give this a must-see, a recognize the caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Um, I'm, I'm teetering. I feel like depending on the mood, this could be... F- fairly nice when i really have to look back on it it's more of a wait for rental to me i think i appreciate the story but i don't know there there's just something about the way it handles it that makes me not not necessarily want to go back and unpack it more i i put it much more in like the bruce and caitlin jenner type of conversation than in like the non-tabloid, maybe deeper conversation I would have hoped the movie would have. Yeah. But still, it's fine. I'm glad it exists. I just don't think it did as much as it could have. Yes. I, I, I'm probably going to bump it up to a reckon with the caveat. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's a powerful story, even if the film maybe doesn't strike as powerful a uh, something as, as it could have. Um, I I enjoyed maybe the word for it, it, it the, watching the film I think it it definitely is interesting um I just it definitely did not strike the 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 chord that I really expected um to like it didn't strike the chord in me that the trailer itself did um mm-hmm. and um that tends to happen for me from time to time. Um, but I, I still, I still thought it was a decent film and, um, it, you know, it's worth a watch even if, even if just waiting for rental, that's fine. But I think it's at least, it's at least going for something that you're not seeing a lot in other film and, uh, you know, story wise, at least narrative, narratively. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would still recommend it on some level. Yeah, and I should say for a movie with this topic, you would kind of either expect it to soar or be a catastrophe. So it's the fact that it managed to even be just like pretty decent is rather remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> like they managed to not make it be goofy. I don't know how Carson feels. <laughs> I feel like they didn't make it goofy. I, I, 
that yeah that i definitely didn't save for the one scene that involves jumping out a window <laughs> right. I, I, I didn't think there was very many uh, even opportunities to approach goofiness so mm -hmm. but uh yeah that uh that is our review then so uh steven uh, do you want to let people know uh where they can find you <laughs> Yeah, if you want to find me, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Uh, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Danish Girl, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, yes, yeah, so, Stephen, you're going to be out for a little while. Uh, I will. You're going to be traveling, traveling around. Um, Potentially someone will be filling in while I'm away <laughs> yes it's, it's, as long as I can figure out when I'm going to actually be able to see films um, either way a certain uh, a certain parson is going to be <laughs> oh is that what we call him now <laughs> when did that happen I, I was just trying to shyly, shyly hint at his name while just calling him a person he put on a big bang theory outfit and now he's parsons <laughs> Anyways, Carson should be making his triumphant return. Um, I don't know when the next episode will come out. As we all know, uh, next week is uh, the week that leads into Christmas. And uh, like, a, like a complete and total genius, I have not purchased Star Wars tickets yet. So I don't, I don't know when I'm going to see that movie. So uh, we'll try to get some episodes out to you sometime soon. And uh, Carson will be reappearing on those um, Stephen may or may not be in those uh, if we actually put them out before he gets back. But uh, yeah, three people on the podcast coming very soon. And also year-end recap, which we do every year. So there's a lot to look forward to. Yes. And Stephen's going to try not to get eaten by polar bears. <laughs> Gurdon, you glad I didn't say banana? <laughs> uh, he'll shoot your eye in the heart out, kid. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a Christmas story. <laughs> you know, if Vladimir Putin and uh, the artist formerly known as Einard had a baby, they'd be named Lilliput. <laughs> uh, well, if if Einard wouldn't have Vladimir been Putin on that dress, <laughs> I don't know.